0: Enjoy the message.
1: God bless you, Day Spring. It is such an honor for me, again, to come into your living room or wherever you may be and just bring the Word of the Lord to you. Let me tell you, I count it as a privilege and and an honor. I want to say that again. I count this as a privilege and an honor that you may hear me and actually hear God through me bringing the Word into your life. Uh, When I come today, spring, I rejoice because I know you're people of the word. You're people that love Jesus. And because of that, Jesus has a word for you today. Elbow somebody. Elbow your wife, your husband, and tell them God has a word for you. Pay attention. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I want you to go with me today to the book of Mark. And we are going to read from verses 1 through 10 I will explain 11 through 16 just to get ahead of ourselves a little bit. And uh, then we will finish with 17 through 20. So if you have God's Word, uh, Mark chapter 5, it's one of my favorite stories of the Scriptures actually. And I will start reading on verse number 1. The Word of the Lord says, Then they came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gadarenes. And when he had come out of the boat, immediately... There met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs. And no one could bind him, not even with chains, because he had often been bound with shackles and chains. And the chains had been pulled apart by him, and the shackles broken in pieces. Neither could anyone take him, tame him. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying out and cutting himself with stones." Verse 6, when he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and worshipped him. Hallelujah. And he cried out with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with you, Jesus, son of the most high God? I implore you by God that you do not torment me. For he said to him, Come out of the man, unclean spirit. Then he asked him, What is your name? And he answered saying, My name is Legion. For we are many. Also, he begged him earnestly that he would not send them out to the country. From verse 11, you know there was a uh, a herd of swine nearby. And the demons implored Jesus and they say, Please, do not let us go to the abyss. Do not let us go to hell. We implore you that you allow us to go to the swine. And Jesus, of course, says, Yes, do that. And when they do that, I'm sure you know that These swine just went over the cliff, and they drowned into the Sea of Galilee. When the people that were taking uh, care of the swine saw this, they went into the city. Uh, The book of Luke tells us that the whole city actually came out to see what had happened. And that's when they saw, basically, this demon-possessed man, or former demon-possessed man. The Bible says that he was sitting, he was clothed. And he was in his right mind. And then we pick it up on verse number 17. Then they began to plead with him to depart from the region. Look at this. Verse 18. And when he got into the boat, he who had been demon possessed begged him that he might be with him. However, Jesus did not permit him, but he said to him, go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you. And how he has had compassion on you. And he departed and began to proclaim in the Decapolis all that Jesus had done for him. And all marveled. I would like to title what God has placed in my heart to speak to you today. From a mess to a message. From a mess to a message. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We praise you, God. Thank you for day, spring, Lord. And, Father, for your children in general, we are sheep of your pastures. So, Father, Shepherd, we ask that you speak, that you feed us, God, that you give us the word that will sustain us and inspire us and edify us today, God. Lord, be glorified in our midst, Lord. We exalt you. We praise you, God. Touch my lips as you did with Isaiah and let your word come forth, God, in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. You know, church, as I drive through the streets of our cities, my heart frequently breaks uh, as I observe the lives of the wasted, of the broken, of the disoriented lives that basically live in our cities. Especially lately, when I turn on the television and I see what's going on. You can talk about Portland. You can talk about Minneapolis. You can talk about the different cities and the things that are happening More often and more often. Let me tell you, uh, it breaks my heart. When I look at all society, not just what's happening in Portland or Minneapolis, but just everywhere. Society in general. Physically, they are alive. But in reality, they are dead. Because their souls are dead. You see, their master, the devil, has blinded society and has blinded them. Satan promises the best but he actually pays with the worst. You see, the devil promises honor, but he pays with disgrace. The devil promises pleasure, but he pays with pain. The devil promises profit, but he pays with loss. The devil promises life, but he pays with death. And today, they are lost in a maze of substance abuse, many of them in alcoholism and purposelessness, and a poorly chosen future. But let me tell you, their lives pretty much are aimless with no direction. And this enormous tragedy truly saddens me. Uh, There is a wealth of dreams that has been dashed by poverty or discouragement. But you know what? That is one reality. One reality. But I have good news for you. There is another reality. Why? Why? Because God still transforms. Hallelujah. God is in the business of redemption. He still changes lives. And no matter the situation, no matter, no matter how bad the case, or how dark the clouds, let me tell you, our God still reigns. He's still on the throne of David. He is the almighty God. And He's still in the business of transforming and changing lives. I mean, after all, Isn't that what happened to you and me? That is exactly what happened to you and me. You see, God's desire is to do a transformation in you. So powerful that you have no choice but to go and tell others about Jesus. That you may carry a burden. That you actually may feel a heartbeat. The heartbeat of God. That you may flow with a passion. So you will have no choice but to go and tell. You know, they say what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. And you know what? What happened in your heart, the work that Jesus did in your heart, that cannot stay in your heart. It must come out. Hallelujah. And as I understand life, and as I understand our calling, and I understand the progression of our lives in Christ, today I have identified three stages of, in our progression that I believe will hold true in all of us. I see this progression in the story that we have read. Now, the latitude and the longitude of my progression may not be the same as yours. Yet, the three stages will probably be seen in a different uh, uh, breath, in a different latitude and longitude in really all of our stories. The first stage that I see in our progression the progression of our souls towards Christ is this. The first stage is a mess. Say with me, a mess. Verses 2 through 5 describe the condition of this poor soul. What do we know about this man? The Bible says in verse number 2 that he was demon possessed. Verse number 3 tells us that this man lived in tombs. Or he would actually dwell amongst the dead verse number uh, two also says that no one could bind him anymore his condition had gotten worse you see he lived a messy life he had often been chained hand and foot but he tore the chains apart and broke through the irons in his feet and his hands in other words society even had no remedy for this man When you look at verse number 4, the word says that no one was strong enough to subdue him. He was living an uncontrolled life. Verse number 5 says that night and day this man cried out. He was desperately looking for an answer. He would cut himself with stones. Is that familiar? Do you know anyone that cuts himself or herself? Let me tell you, he had lost all reason. Verse number 15 tells us that this man was naked. And then verse 15 at the end says that he was out of his mind. For all practical purposes, this man was truly a mess. Let me tell you, I don't know if you agree with me, but I cannot find a better description of our society. It seems to me that this man could easily symbolize the condition in which people around us live today. But I'll be very honest with you. Quite frankly, I don't know if I can find a better description of us. (laughs) Yes, us. That is exactly right. I'm not assuming, obviously, that you that are watching me were one day demon-possessed. Although maybe some of us were demon-possessed. But what I'm trying to tell you is, I just wonder how many at some point were dwelling amongst dead things like this man was dwelling on a cemetery. I just wonder if people around you one day had no remedy for you. Let's be honest. Let's be real here. I just wonder if anyone listening lived an uncontrolled life like this man lived. I just wonder if anyone here would maybe scream at night, Or cry out in the darkness because you wanted to be delivered, but you did not know how to be delivered. I just wonder if any one of us maybe were ever naked. Not for a moment, but nakedness actually explained the condition and the position of our lives in one particular stage. I just wonder if anyone here had lost all reason because we were out of our minds let me tell you i have a feeling that if you are honest and i am honest at some point in our lives we were in a mess amen i don't know i i remember my days you know what a mess could describe my life if i am honest i don't know where god saved you from I really don't know if you were into theft. I don't know if you were into sexual perversion. I don't know if you were into alcoholism or you were a drug addict. I am not sure if you had issues with the laws or you went into illicit activities. Or maybe you were a Casanova and you had a home here and there and everywhere. But let me tell you one day or another, maybe the ropes of pleasure were tying uh, tightly around your neck. Was anybody here unstable or unsettled or uncontrolled or unhappy or unclothed? Maybe those words describe the way that you were and the way that I was. How do I know this? I know this because the devil's tactics are well known. You see, he will try to rob your dreams Your delights, your domain, your days, your dignity, your deeds, and your destiny all together. And his game is the same. The same game that he used to play is the same game that he plays now. That's how I know his tactics. And that's how I can describe it to you. You know, sometimes we get stuck in things. I don't know if that has happened to you. And you look around yourself and you say, how did I ever get into this? And you look around and you see oppression and you see a mess and you tell yourself, how did I get into this? But then the second question that we ask ourselves is, how do I get out of this? That is the next questions that we ask. But you know what? Sometimes we don't know the answer. But let me tell you, but God, hallelujah but God, you don't know sometimes how to get out of it, but God, hallelujah, let me tell you, God had a better plan, but God got a hold of our lives, and he reversed the curse, he showed up, and when he showed up, his light showed up also, and that light lighted our lives, darkness and the darkness of our spirit and our souls dissipated I don't know if your story is like mine but when his love broke through something happened in our hearts there is a song that says when love broke through we've you found me in the darkness wandering through the desert I was a hopeless fool now I am hopelessly devoted my chains are broken and it all began with you when love broke through is that the story of your life were you ever in a mess but you know what the light of Jesus came through and something else happened in your heart hallelujah and let me tell you uh I was born in a little city in Cuba my province was come away, and the little city that I was born in was Florida and in our church there was a lady named Olga and Olga had a sister And this sister was demon-possessed. She was actually locked up in a room for years. Notice, for years. Anyone that would open the door, as soon as they would go go in, this woman would attack them. And she was separated from life, separated from her family members. The possessed woman was always locked up. Until one day, that a man named Octavio said, I am going to go and pray for her. And she went over to Olga's house and he asked, where is the room where your sister is? And Olga pointed to a room and said, that's where she is. And Octavio said, well, I need you to open the door. And Olga immediately said, no, you cannot open the door because she will attack you. And Let me tell you, he said, I came in the name of Jesus. Open the door. And they opened the door reluctantly and Octavio walked in. The moment Octavia walked in, they locked eyes. And Octavia said to that woman, in the name of Jesus, be free. The woman fell to the ground and she was immediately delivered. And when she was in the ground or on the ground, she was actually baptized with the Holy Spirit in that very moment. You see, when love broke through, we were in a mess. But then we receive the glory, the purpose, the release, the redemption, the transformation of the almighty God. How many can say amen? Hallelujah. There is a second progression. You see, this segues me or segues us into the second stage of this progression. And that second stage is a Messiah. Hallelujah. We started with a mess. But now we continue. A mess. Aya. Come on, somebody. Look at verse number 6. says, When he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and worshipped Him. Look at the power. Look at the authority of Jesus. And the Bible says in verse number 7, And He cried out with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with you, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I like that. Because in Hebrew... Now, I know this was written in Greek, but in Hebrew is El Elyon, the highest God. And he is actually telling Jesus, you are the son of the most high God. In other words, the demons knew that Jesus was the Messiah. I want you to tell your neighbor right there where you are. I may have been in a mess, but then I met the Messiah. Hallelujah. You know, I have a deep revelation for for you right now. This is great. I mean, uh, this is deep. This revelation will just be amazing. Don't miss it. Let me tell you what Messiah means in English. Are you ready? Pay attention. Look, Messiah means mess. Ayah! You see, the Messiah walked in and the mess went out. Maybe you speak Spanish. Let me give you your translation for Messiah. Ready? Messiah means mess. Yeah, hallelujah. When Jesus walked in, the mess had to stop. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Did you like that revelation? That was deep. He came from heaven. You can find it in 1 Reuben 1.1. Hallelujah. Blessed be his name. You know what happened? Verse number 9, Jesus says, what is your name? And this man says, my name is Legion. Now you need to understand that a Legion was actually a number in the Roman army. That went from 3,000 soldiers to 6,000 soldiers. Imagine that. Now, I don't think this man was telling Jesus that he had 3,000 to 6,000 demons inside. That would have been too many, I think. I think what he was saying is what the Bible says. That they were many. That is the implication here. From verses 10 through 14. uh, this, This actually proves that the man in front of this demonic was actually the Messiah. Because... Jesus always wins. You see, Jesus wanted those demons to be cast out. And the demons said, we don't want to be cast out. Let us go to the swine. Jesus said, okay, go to the swine. Like, you're going to get what you want, right? But you know what happened? Once the swine going to the Sea of Galilee, the demons had to come out anyways. And they were eventually cast out, just like Jesus would have done anyways. Look at verse number 15. Something amazing happens. Because a miracle happens in the life of this man. And notice the words that describe the condition of this man once Jesus delivers him. First, the Bible says that he was sitting, secondly, the Bible says that he was dressed. And thirdly, the Bible says that he was in his right mind. Hallelujah. You see, he wasn't in his left mind. He was in his right mind. Because when Jesus gets done with you, you always end up in your right mind. Let's he who has ears hear and understand. Hallelujah. You always end up in your right mind. Mine. Only one could have done this, and his name is Jesus. Let him be exalted from generation to generation. You know, we were down and out. But you know what? Jesus, the Messiah, did some work in us. We don't even know how he did it, but all we know is that although we did not know that he was working, he was working, like this, the song says. Hallelujah. Let me tell you, it is this amazing Messiah that we worship. It is this Messiah that we glorify. Yes, The mess was huge, but our Messiah was even bigger. Hallelujah. And we were drawn out of the miry clay. Some of us were rescued from the pit of hell almost. Some of us were in a mighty disease that was killing our bodies. But the Messiah walked into our mess and life walked in. Hallelujah. Blessed be his name. When my dad was a pastor in the city of Wilmington, California a young man one day entered the church. and He was about 22, 23 years old, and his name was Brendan. And Brendan walked in, and it was a prayer service, so there wasn't going to be a message preached that day. And my dad recognized that this young man maybe needed Jesus. And although he wasn't ready with a message he orchestrated a change so he could at least keep a thought, a presentation so this man could hear the word of the Lord. At the end of it, my dad made an altar call and this young man came forward. He said he had cheated on his wife and he wanted to mend things and find reconciliation. The moment my dad was about to pray when he lifted his hands, this, bo- this young man actually fell to the ground. And he, it was amazing to see. He started moving like a snake in church. He actually moved some feet, moving and swirling like a snake on the ground. My dad and some other deacons came and they started praying for him. A loud voice out of him came out and he said, No! I won't come out. He is mine. And the more that they would pray, this man, through through the demons possessing him, he was saying, he's going to hell. He will not make it. And he started screaming even louder. As my dad finally came and they took authority over that demon, let me tell you, that man made a huge scream and he was finally delivered. You know what he said? He immediately said, I am going to go back to the country that I came from and I am going to reunite with my wife. Let me tell you, when God ends up working with you, you always end up in your right mind. Blessed be the name of Jesus. This is the power of God to change lives. This is the Messiah that changed our lives. Praise be the name of the Lord. This finally gives us the last stage in our progression. And that last stage is a message. You see, we started in a mess, but here came the Messiah. And at the end of the story, we have a message, a message. Blessed be the name of the Lord. A few interesting facts that I want to point out here. From verses 17 through 20, if I could just read them Again, 517 says, Then they began to plead with him to depart from their region. Unbelievable. And when he got into the boat, he who had been demon-possessed begged him that he might be with him. However, Jesus did not permit him, but said to him, Go home and tell your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he has had compassion on you. And he departed and began to proclaim in the Decapolis all that Jesus had done for him and all marveled. Let me pick up on a couple of things here before we conclude today. Verse number 17 actually says that this man not only carried a message, but he himself became a message. Verse 17 says, notice that the people asked Jesus to leave the region. They did not want Jesus in their land. But you know what? Although that was the desire of their heart, Jesus still sent one person. Who was he? It was actually this demon-possessed man. You see, God will always make special arrangements for people to have the message. When he came to Nineveh, God made a special arrangement so Jonah could get on a whale and get to Nineveh. God actually provided a submarine so Jonah could get to Nineveh. In the case of Samaria, the special arrangement was the Samaritan woman, the least of choices. In the case of our world, there is a special arrangement as well. And that arrangement is you. You are God's arrangement for this world to know him and where Jesus is not wanted you and I are called to go there another interesting thing that the lord how the lord dealt with this new believer is found in verses 18 through 19 now let me ask let me tell you it would seem kind of productive that this man that was just delivered would not go with Jesus why notice what Jesus says Jesus says go to your home and to your family And tell them. And this begs the question Was Jesus hard on this man? What did Jesus know that maybe you and I don't know? But you see, Jesus orders this man's life from his home and out. Notice, it starts at home and then it progresses out. Why? Because the star that shines the farthest actually must shine first at home. I am impressed by this man. Verse number 20, let me read it just once again. says, and he departed and began to proclaim in Decapolis all that Jesus had done for him and all marveled. So not just in his home, but the Bible says that he went to Decapolis. Deca means ten and polis means city. the Decapolis were ten pagan towns in the southeast part of the Sea of Galilee. It was outside Jewish territory, and they did not observe the law. But this man not only went to his home, but the Bible says that he went to all these ten cities with God's message. Now, I don't know if you know this, but outside of Jesus, this man actually became the first missionary of the New Testament. He went to ten cities proclaiming the grace and the mercy of Messiah. Luke 8.37 tells us that the whole city heard the message or came out. The whole multitude. And when you go back to Mark 7.31, the second time that Jesus goes to the Decapolis, you know what happened? The first time they said, Jesus, leave. But the second time, this man had preached the message of salvation to the point that the capitalists actually accepted Jesus and actually Jesus did many miracles in that region. You see, that's why Jesus did not let him go with him because Jesus knew that this man would eventually go and preach to the unsaved. Now I just wonder if anyone here has a message to proclaim. Did you catch Jesus definition of missions? Verse number 19 tells you, look what it says, "Go and tell them." That is missions. That is a message. Go and tell them. Notice that it's very simple. You don't need too much talent and no skill. No special gifting, no training, no teaching. Just go and tell them. Perhaps you say, I am the wrong person. I come from the wrong family and I live in the wrong town. But let me tell you, Jesus went to unlikely places to find missionaries. He went to a tax booth and he found Matthew. He went to a well and he found a Samaritan woman. And he actually went to a cemetery and he found the first missionary of the New Testament. You see... In John chapter 9, there is a man that was blind. And the Bible says that Jesus healed him. And when Jesus healed him, the Pharisees and the Sadducees said, Wait a minute, who healed you? How did he heal you? Who is he? Is he a holy man of God? I think he might be a sinner. You know what this man said? This man said, listen, if he's a sinner, I don't know. All that I know is that I was blind, but now I see. Let me give you the translation. Some people may argue theology, but they will not be able to argue your testimony. Because your testimony is what God has done for you. And you can always tell that. You can always say that. And they won't be able to argue with your testimony. Please listen to this. Jesus had 132 contacts with people. Six were in a synagogue. Four were in the temple, 122 others were in the mainstream of life outside of the synagogue and the temple. That means that 92% of all encounters of Jesus recorded in the Gospels were outside the temple or the synagogue. Are you paying attention? Outside the temple or the synagogue. I know that today some people are upset at our governor. And I know that maybe he has gone a little bit beyond his power and he's reaching out and he wants to put a muzzle on the church. I get that. But you know what? Beyond that, I see a little bit further. And I think that we should actually do what the governor is telling us to do. Why? Because he doesn't want us in the church. And let me tell you, that's great news to me. Let's go out to the streets. Let's go out to the highways and the byways. Let's go out where people are. Because that's where we'll see transformation. And we will see the power and the glory of the Lord. Let's go out to the beach like many are doing. Parking lots and open fields. That is where we need to go and be the church of Jesus Christ. Luke 19.10 says, For the Son of Man came to seek. Notice, to seek and to save that which was lost. To seek means that they are not in church. To seek means that we must go out. Let me tell you three quick things that you should know about lost people. First, that lost people are never found on their own. Why? Because someone has to search them. Secondly, that God sent his search party all the way from heaven, staffed with his son to find them. Why? Because someone has to love them. And thirdly, that to redeem them, Jesus had to pay the ultimate price. Why? Because someone had to die for them. You see, God took recovering people very seriously. How seriously are we? taking the efforts mandated by Jesus to go into the world and make disciples. You see, there is one way for good news not to be good news. You know when good news cannot be good news? When good news does not get there. If good news does not get there, good news is not good news. But if it gets there, good news can be good news. In the city of Philadelphia, there was a church that caught fire and behold they were moving practically out and in and they were trying to get chairs and the piano out. Out in the lobby there was a huge painting of Christ and they took that painting out. Many would ignore even the painting and this time they said let's take the painting out and they put it outside by the curb against a tree and the city started coming in and They were seeing the church on fire and people moving. But little did they know that the people actually migrated towards that painting, leaning on a tree, the painting of Jesus. And a smart deacon had a great idea. You know what he said. He went to the pastor and he said, Pastor, this is amazing. When the church caught fire and we took Jesus out to the streets, the people in the neighborhood actually became interested. Let me tell you, church, what an amazing thing. When the church of God catches fire and we take Jesus to the streets, amazing things happen. Let me conclude by telling you how this story actually ended or actually started. Mark four thirty-five through 41 and you know this. The Bible says that Jesus told his disciples, let's get over to the other side. And they went into a boat. And when they were in the middle of the lake, the Sea of Galilee, I'm sure you know this. The wind was embattling them. And the highways were so high that actually the water was coming into the boat. And Jesus was sleeping. And Let me tell you, they went to Jesus and they said, Jesus, don't you know we're perishing? And Jesus, of course, came out. And he talks, he talks to the wind and to the waves. And he uses language that is exactly the language that he had used to cast out a demon in chapter number 2. Why am I telling you this? Let me tell you why. Jesus knew exactly that on the other side of the lake there was a man that needed redemption. You see, I know that Jesus hears the cries of people. You need to understand that Jesus was willing to get into a boat and go through a storm to get to the other side of the lake just to save one man. Jesus went through a storm just to save one man. You see, this storm did not want Jesus to get to the other side, but Jesus could hear the cry of this man of the other side when he was in Capernaum I am sure that he could still hear in the distance this man crying out I have a question for you maybe you're going through a storm and I don't make light of that but let me ask you do you still hear the cries of people do you still hear people on the other side you see that may be naked They may be uncontrolled. They may be bound by certain things. Do you hear the cries of people on the other side of your storm? Let me tell you, for many of us, God is actually waiting for us to get done with our storms so actually He could release us into saving people on the other side of the lake. I don't know about you, but I have a heart for the lost And I know that you do too. Many of us were in a mess and we met the Messiah. Let me tell you, now we have a message. Day Spring Church, I come to you today just reminding you that you were also in a mess and that you met Messiah. But let me tell you, it doesn't end there because he saved you for a reason. And the reason that he saved you for is not only for you to have a message, but for you to become a message. And sometimes you won't be able to speak, but people will look at you, and you will be the open letter that they will read unto salvation. And you may be the only Bible they will ever read, but you will become and you are a message.
0: We hope you enjoyed this message, but before you go, We want to extend an invitation to start a personal relationship with Jesus and declare Him your God. No one loves you like Jesus, and no one will impact your life for good like Jesus will. Would you make the following prayer your prayer? Heavenly Father, I repent of my wrongdoing. I open my heart, and I want to have a personal relationship with you. I trust that Jesus died so I could be forgiven, but He didn't stay dead. He rose back to life so I could have eternal life.